Hey everybody and welcome to a skanky wild ride with Steve-O. We've got Big J Okerson of Legion of Skanks fame. He's a legendary stand-up comedian and if you know anything about him, you know he doesn't hold anything back. So when we start talking about the juiciest scandals in the world of stand-up comedy, you know he's serving up the juice. Plus, this guy knows so much he could work for TMZ. I'm telling you. It's juicy as hell, and it's coming at you from the road of my bucket list tour. And on the road with me on my bucket list tour right now is my fiance, Lux. And today we walked around Alabama. Frankly, I have no idea how she was able to walk after <laughs> the boning I served her last night. It's true, baby. You really pounded me. Yeah, and when I bone my girl, you know I've got a serious boner because I use Blue Chew tablets. What's that? It's a delicious tablet with the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis, except it costs just a fraction of the price. And man, does this company, Blue Chew, love the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast because they're ready to hook you up with an entire month's supply, supply absolutely for free. Oh. Yeah. Seriously. Like an average month supplier. Well, like, yeah, a month of boning, basically. Oh. Yeah. And uh, it's awesome. You go to bluechew.com. You don't have to even see a doctor to get the prescription because you can consult with the medical provider right there on the website. It's fast. It's easy. And if you use the promo code Stevo, like I said, you get an entire month's supply absolutely for free all you have to pay is five dollars for shipping That's and it, great. yeah and if you're on the fence about this wondering hmm is taking blue chew tablets a lot of fun does it give me an extra like raging boner I, I can answer that for you yes it's a lot of fun Lux can answer that for you. I second it. It's a lot of fun. So go to bluechew.com, use the promo code Stevo. Five bucks for shipping, whole month for free. Now let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Big J Okerson. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. It's the first podcast that I've done without either Scott Randolph or the gorgeous Paul Brisky. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I hope I pull my weight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, also the first podcast with our new guy, TK. What's up? TK looks like a new Wait, you don't going. have a microphone, you stupid schmuck? Oh, yeah. I got a <laughs> Here's my microphone, yeah. Damn, this fucking guy goes around whistling all the time. He doesn't even know he's doing it. Yeah. He just whistles? He just whistles. It's the creepiest thing. Are you a great whistler? I'm a great whistler, and I'm very happy, but... It's, it's a problem he to says, some people. He says that I'm angry at him for carrying a tune in his heart. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Too much joy. Also, I think when someone whistles, especially along with music, they really are trying to let you know they know the song. Okay. I just feel like if he has like a... He's he's full acapella, dude. Acapella. Yeah. Nothing behind. Just a one-man band of whistle. Yeah. I could beatbox too, but you you guys do do your thing. Yeah. I love TK. What a TK's Yeah. TK's a very very competent producer and editor. Competent. Yeah. He's he's uh. He's an accomplished. I thought right. No. He's a very very. There's a job to be done. Gets it done. 
Do I like the way he gets it done? Not always. Son of a bitch, it gets done. As long as he de- doesn't whistle. <laughs> Wendy, he's a very passable producer and editor. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, thank you he's so much. Top of his field at this price. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for doing this, oh, too. Man, thank you I, for having I, me. What a schmuck I am. I've got this, uh, this just obnoxious, fucking humongous piece of shit RV, which I wrapped to in an attempt to disguise it as a tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, he can't drive a big-ass bus into New York City. So I hit you up and said, ah, man, hey, dude, can I get you to leave New York City (laughs) to go meet me in somewhere in fucking New Jersey? Oh, this is the fuck hotel strip. Oh, is it? Oh, nice. It's borderline. It's because some of them are nice enough that they're considered airport hotels, like Newark airport hotels. But for the most part, it's... This is, yeah, get a hook. There's probably some lot lizards hanging out in these places. Jersey lot lizards. Yeah. Still have bangs. (laughs) (laughs) If it wasn't bad enough that I made you drive to New Jersey to come meet me, then when you get here, I sit you down and inundate you with over an hour of video of me performing stand-up. I enjoyed every second of that. That That special was great. Well, thanks, man. Wild like, things you're willing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fun, man. It's not even a special. That's just, uh, you know, what I'm touring with now. And uh, I, I could not be more grateful for you to have sat down and watched it. Oh, man, absolutely. You and I did stand-up together for the first time almost 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, Caroline's Comedy Club. Yeah. Steve Owen Friends. It was me, Will, uh, Will Sylvans, and I can't remember who the third person uh, Gino was. Gino Bisconti. Gino Bisconti. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Gino doesn't believe in COVID now. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? I think Gino's gone full conspiracy theory. Well, uh, COVID is over, isn't it? Uh, by all accounts, I think. I mean, I'd like to hope so. Yeah. I flew in between trips. I did, a, uh, I did the Nashville Festival last week. I did a Kid Rock Kid Rock comedy jam. Oh, are you serious? Did Kid yeah. Rock do comedy? He did, yeah. So he did more just hosted and did like a, like a joke or two here and there. Told a story here and wow. there. Wow. It was pretty neat. Came out of pimp sh- in a pimp uh, cape, you know, the big fur coat and everything. So we did all the Kid Rock stuff. He really uh, did hilarious. I was so excited because we're supposed to do the Kid Rock comedy jam at the Ryman Auditorium where he was hosting a stand-up show, and then afterwards to go over to Kid Rock's Honky Tonk, his bar, uh-huh. where he was going to be part of the goddamn comedy jam. Have you ever done that with uh, Josh yeah, Myers? I have. I never want to do it again. Uh, no? Not that it's a I bad... It. It's a great form of, of comedy. It's a great uh, show. Uh, I just... I'm not, uh, I'm not much for singing. No? I don't know. I love it so much. I have so much fun doing that show. But uh, that was happening at Kid Rock's bar afterwards, and we all did the comedy show, and we all migrate over to Kid Rock's bar. And, like, I was so excited. First of all, I had to be talked out of for weeks to not do a Kid Rock song at the comedy jam, (laughs) because they were like, he's not going to like that. And I was like, all right. So then uh, I picked my song I was going to do, and we went to the comedy jam. Kid Rock hung out for 40 minutes tops and was gone. 
and the rest of the night was just a letdown. You're like, oh, I thought we were going to be doing this with Kid Rock, and he split. <laughs> but it makes sense. He should have split. Yeah. It was at his place. He was over it. I mean, he should have uh, waited and come for the last 40 minutes, right? Be there at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, I've been here the whole time. No, he hung in the back. And then I kept... Uh, it, really, it reminded me of looking like down the street from my dad's headlights when I was younger. Like, this is probably him. Nope, not him either. <laughs> oh, there. There's one's probably. No, because I, when I first thought he left, just based off the way uh, this person was dressed like way across the room, I was like, oh, no, he's still here. As Kid Rock was wearing a trucker hat, he had two braids in his hair, and he was wearing like a, like a softball T-shirt kind of thing. Yeah. And I stared at a guy... Telling everybody who'd come over, I go, relax, everyone. Kid Rock's still here. It's that guy over there. And at some point, <laughs> other people believed it. And then that guy made his way over. He was just some guy who was a fan of ours. <laughs> like, he was like a big, and I thought, I realized what it was across the room. I thought he had uh, sports spec glasses. It was so the opposite of Kid Rock, of how nerdy this guy was. The, the things I thought were his cool braids were just his dangling glasses around like the... You know, like a like a camouflage, like yeah. duck hunters thing. It was in. I like Kid Rock. His music and stuff. I mean, I don't know if I care that much about his music. Not to put it down, and I, I, for that matter, he's the most fucking talented musician. I mean, yeah. this plays dude, on stage. Yeah, he walks around the stage and plays every single instrument. It's unbelievable. And then like. One one time where there was a party and he just barged up and, and took over the DJ booth and he was just going off and the dude the dude is unbelievably talented. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were gonna become best friends. I was gonna go trumper for him, whatever he wants. He's <laughs> gonna sell out hard. He's always been big on the uh, the Republican party. I remember like doing a some extracurricular partying with him for many, many hours. Yeah. And uh, him just extolling the virtue of George W. Bush, who was president at the time. Oh, okay. So he's always been on that. Well, he's yeah. just been more vocal now. I mean, yeah. his new videos are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, You just true. take them, like, tongue-in-cheek. They're so funny. Yeah, for sure, man. Um. So, yeah, dude, fucking the... This, the Legion of Skanks yeah. is a big deal. I hope so. It's our podcast. We started we've been doing that for like a little over 10 years now. We call it the most offensive podcast on earth because we thought that would save us from persecution, but nope. <laughs> we thought it was getting away for, for a while, but no one knew who we were. Once the show started to get popular, we got plenty of the hate stuff followed up by it too. Okay. And some of it is awful. Yeah, it's really like... Uh, like, like, what, what's uh, offensive about it? The show. Oh, I don't think it's offensive at all. We just do. Unless like, you're uh, Corey Feldman. Unless you're Corey Feldman. That's the bonfire. That's my my Sirius XM show. We've gone the world. Oh, on got you. On his music. Yeah, I feel. I'm not gonna let you disparage Corey Feldman on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the guy brought his own girls to the Playboy Mansion. You know the way you do. <laughs> he. Uh, no, you know what it is. We actually feel terrible how much Corey Feldman actively again you know when you're doing like, especially like podcasting and radio you're in a studio so you're just talking and like just talking to whatever you know and like you feel like you're talking to your buddy almost but people are listening all over right. the place and I never dreamed in a million years we'd get back to him how much we've laughed at his music but it did and we have 
hours upon hours of it breaking down his live performances and everything but uh he takes his music very seriously so he I said it bums me out every time he gets mad or there's something someone plays for us that he right. was angry about us but I mean he says some ridiculous things spies and whatever <laughs> my favorite thing he, he said on your show which I've heard him say before because I did when his documentary came out I'm like oh we have to watch this for sure we have to watch this and uh, it didn't come out the first night it was supposed to come out. Right, it, it streamed, and then it got yeah. taken over and the stream. Goes, but that's what it means. He's like, he comes out now. We've streamed things live many times on over Gas Digital and things like that. And you know, like it's not a perfect system. Things go screwy and get fucked up sometimes. And that's what happened, I'm sure, clearly. But instead of just coming out and being like, hey, guys, we're having problems with the stream, it's always going to be like, he's like, the powers that be are coming in. The circle, the choppers are surrounding us, everybody. Right. We only have moments left. And it's like, no one can just play the documentary, man. Like, right. Let's go. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's got to be a hard thing being such like, uh, you know, I always think that's an interesting like uh, thing. To watch. Have you ever met Joey Fatone? Uh-huh. Uh, Joey Fatone, I think, is so rad because when I uh, first I first met him, it was well after it was you know it was seven eight years ago maybe not even. We did the Impractical Jokers cruise ship together, and uh-huh. we've met a couple times since, and uh, and bullshit. But on that cruise, like, I mean, when we were smoking pot on my balcony with some friends, and just like me asking the thing, I'm like, isn't that crazy? You know, at some point, uh, you know, there was tanks driving you guys you know escorting you guys from the airport to a hotel in japan i was like and now you know you're sitting on a, a cruise balcony with me smoking pot <laughs> like is that and he kind of acknowledges it and goes like yeah i kind of like that though that i had that thing and he's like now i can like you know he has money to do whatever he wants to do he's fine and he like understands and accepts that i don't know if some people can do i don't know if some people can kind of go like ah yeah well, we're not like right that level anymore i think Corey feldman was like Huge, you know. I mean, at a time They're like, when he, was like when he was young, he was huge, and I think horrible shit probably happened to him in Hollywood for sure. But none of that makes up for that music. That music <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dave, you, you make a good point about struggling with having been at crazy heights and that you know, and some people are just okay with that, and some people just go with it. They just kind of you know, you're able to like. Some people, I think, may have an end game in entertainment too. You know, it's like let me make the money I can make, and then when I'm older, who right. who needs that anymore? You know. But I think he's been, you know, Corey Feldman. An interesting thing. He was a list for sure at a point, and then he went to like, it kind of immediately became laughable, and then he sort of had a resurgence. But I think he thought the resurgence was everyone was like, oh, I, we didn't know this guy can sing. They put him on that, they raked him over the coals on that Today Show performance. Now, before this goes any further, I feel strongly about reiterating and reinforcing my eternal support for my bro, Corey Feldman. Okay? Period. I love the guy. He's my friend. Okay? I consider him to be very smooth. Just like my face because, dude, I use Harry's products, and I got to tell you about them. It's like the highest quality five-blade razor that you can get. I mean, there is no better razor, and they're so affordable. Plus, they're going to hook you up with the starter kit, which is everything that you need. 
and it comes with a weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor, a killer travel cover for the razor, and, dude, it's a value of 13 bucks, which is how affordable Harry's is, but they're going to give it to you for 3 bucks because... They love the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast. All you got to do is go to harrys.com slash stevo. And for three bucks, you're going to get this killer weighted ergonomic handle, five blade razor, travel cover, comes with foaming gel. I mean, dude, I don't go anywhere without it, man. And neither should you. And you should support the podcast right now by jumping on this killer deal by going to harrys.com slash stevo. Okay, now we can talk about the legendary Today Show performance. Because he went out there and dressed like Assassin's Creed and did, uh, Christ knows what you want to call that performance. It was wild with a bunch of teen runaways standing behind him. And then, uh, and then he was like... Everyone, you know, made fun of it. And he was like, everyone said the same. Right, right, right. Of course. That was was great on your show, too. He's like, how can everybody have had the same (laughs) hatred towards it? It's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. But but then they brought when they brought him back, because it was like, oh, you know, you can almost hear them when he's like, you know, I'm going to come back on and play another song. And they were like, oh, yeah. They're like, holy shit, dude, he's going to do it. Yeah, 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 dude, sure, get back on here. And he's like, that's why they had to bring us back. It was the most viral we watched video ever. And it's like, I don't think he gets it. Like, they're laughing at you. Yeah. They are. They're laughing at him. And I think that's almost like shitty. We're also doing it. But I also, more that like he doesn't like, something yeah. in his world presses him forward to just be like, now this is important. Versus being like, also, you know, I've never, like, uh, you know, Johnny Depp, because he's in the news so much now, always kind of fancied himself more of a musician, but he just kept A-list acting. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. In his mind, he's like, I'm more of a musician than a... Whatever. Like, sure, I guess. But, like, <laughs> he's an actor. You know what I mean? Like, right. He was a... Well, another one, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Is, when he got uh, made on that radio Yeah, interview. you're not allowed to talk about his movies <laughs> because he's a musician. Oh, I heard... That was something where it was like... Uh, I think Maynard from uh, Tool did uh-huh. some tour around where he was like, he's like, just the wine stuff. And he goes, are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> like, I don't, okay, I have one question. What's with the wine stuff? <laughs> he's going to start talking to me about different vintages and stomping processes. And I go, dude, please talk to me about Tool. Please, God, talk to me about Tool. Uh, yeah, or at least, like, Pussifer. So, yeah, yeah, give me a perfect circle. Just, uh, you know, a little ditty from one of the old days. Something crazy happened with the Chinese guy playing guitar. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think some people just do. Yeah, and I think he's a guy who just is having a hard time processing. So I think in his mind he's like, I'm still like hugely well, famous, but it's like a tabloid fodder now. And well, I I fiercely back my homeboy Corey Feldman. Hell yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I back him also. Right, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and I back you, dude. You know, you like Thank the, you. you know that uh, you, you've seen my tweets where I name you. As, You've always been very generous and great to me uh, with that, man, and I appreciate that. So that means yeah, the world to me. My favorite comedian, I've named two people my favorite comedians, you and Ian Edwards. Hell yeah. I just did, Ian did my storytelling show on Moon Tower this last uh, week. Yeah, Ian's great. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I'd love to see that, like, you're, you know, coming up. Yeah, things, right the last here. couple of years have been, like, good. It's the broadcasting has been great. Right, I mean, so uh, how does podcasting 
compared to the, the Sirius XM radio? Seems no you... rules in podcasting really with what we do. It's all self, you know, it's in-house. It's our podcast network. Right. We know what we're able to put up or not put up on YouTube. So, like, we give, like, pieces of it on YouTube. But for the most part, it's a, it's a subscription service. And we give the, okay. I think, like, the newest 15 are always free or something. But uh, I always messed those things up. <laughs> the, uh, but it's, uh, and then Sirius is, like, Sirius, what I like about the radio is it's discoverable. Like, people just driving in their car, put on the channel randomly, and, like, it, it, we come on. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Whereas, like, podcasting, like, you have to hear about it from somewhere. I don't think people just happen upon it. Uh, like I you wonder, hear. man. Like, there's so many stations on Sirius. You think people there's really very few, Very few talk, comedy talk ones. Uh, okay. In the comedy thing, there's only, like, uh, it's Faction Talk is Us, and they have Comedy Central has pretty much gotten rid of all their talk radio now. Howard Stern, and uh, that's really it. Okay. Like, there's no more just like, and, and then news stuff, but like, if you're going to go through like looking for like comedy shit, like, we'll, we'll just come up, yeah. All right. And um, you spend about equal time doing podcasting in Sirius XM? No, Sirius is uh, four shows a week, three live and one pre recorded, and then podcasting is three shows a week but it's a short they're a little bit shorter uh -huh. the radio has to go and like two hours what, what's bringing in more revenue for you revenue it's hard to tell because the thing is like I mean they both, I guess probably Sirius XM but at the end of the day all this stuff is and I love it I love I think broadcasting scratches the same itch as comedy uh -huh. in many ways but like it's, it seems more like podcasting than comedy right yeah, yeah, but then it, but then it comes like uh, what it's done for me is the road, like people coming out and seeing the live comedy. That's been like the best thing. Yeah, because if you're just broadcasting, you better be the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like there right. is so much out there. Like how do you rise above if you have no name for it? So the the what they've all helped each other is like me doing stand up and being able to get on the road more. Right. Get, get letting people know what I do and, and that I have. I'm surprised how many people know me from just comedy when they come out. Like, uh, they'll be like, "Oh, you have a podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, I assumed everybody here was from the podcast or the radio that's, show. That's great. And and you're like, I mean, I see in the comedy clubs the whole thing. Like, you're headlining weekends. Yeah, yeah, I'm all over the place. Yeah, I've been running around a ton lately too. I took all those things when COVID was here, and it seemed like everything was getting canceled anyway. What do you mean you took all those things? I took all these gigs. Oh, gotcha. Like when COVID was here, and he was like. I did that all like for the whole two years. I kept offering stuff like they're gonna open in May, and then in May we, you could have a weekend here, and then May would come, and, and uh -huh. it wouldn't happen at all. So then eventually, though, they were like, "Oh, COVID's over," and then you're like, "Oh, I have 15 weekends in a row. I have to go on the road," and they're all over the place. Wow, what was your weirdest show that you did during the pandemic? <clears throat> oh, me and uh, me and David Tell did one. Some drive-in shit. The drive-in show. Dude. I only did one of them. And the thing about my comedy is it's wordy. It's a lot of, like, long, in like, intricate bits that have, like, several things happening and long stories. And reference-heavy. I do the references because I've told a lot of the comics as advice. I'm like, throw out the most ridiculous references to pop stuff from your childhood or whatever. Because <clears throat> even though the bulk of the room won't get it. There's always, like, five people who are listening and, like, like they get it. They're laughing and, go, and they go, those people are fans for life. 
you, but you could hear those like 15, 10, 15 laughs yeah. on those things. With the car thing, the one at least one we did, because I've heard it's also blinking lights sometimes, but like blinking lights, but the honk honking, the horn. This one was honking, was laughing, and so daunting every time they'd honk. But even worse was when I'd be like, uh, "What do you mean daunting?" It was just like when they, well, honking historically in your mind is something bad's happening, right? Yeah. So you have a thing, you know, it's like, uh, and then there I am with cum all over my face, like, hey, hey. like, <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, it sounds like they're mad at you, like, stop right. saying that, <laughs> I know, dude. stop doing that. We we go down the road in this fucking obnoxious RV wrapped in sea, and everyone's like, bah, bah, bah. like, like, it's crazy how many people honk at the fucking RV. Oh uh, yeah. And and it feels like they're mad at me. Yeah, it's jarring, and they're just yeah. trying to be like, "We love you," and I can't, we right. can't believe you. Yeah, so it's uh, but the funniest was, I remember I forget exactly what it was, but some kind of weird. I'm like, you know, and the person looked like the, the guy who got his throat ripped out by Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, and just hear like a car going, huh? <laughs> like, oh, that blue Subaru gets it over there. That guy saw Roadhouse. Yeah, especially since you're so much like a, a crowd work guy. Like yeah, which is exactly. <laughs> nice car people in that car. <laughs> they still make Hyundai Santa Fe's? <laughs> yeah, it really, it was. I did one and I couldn't do it. And then a lot of the outside stuff I didn't really love either. I think people just, it felt like people came and they didn't feel like they were part of a. I think at first everything was great because everyone was like, like we're doing a comedy show now. We're being together, you know. We're together again, even though we're outside and we're watching comedy. But very quickly, it became just like people like on their phones most of the show because just outside right. didn't feel like they were supposed to be like paying attention. Didn't make a big deal. Right. Yeah. Dude. People start doing rooftop specials and shit. I'm like, what are you? Stop embracing this. <laughs> so, dude, let's let, let's talk about like uh, celebrities who are celebrities for shit other than comedy. We're Oh yeah, who are doing comedy now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause I mean, I just remember too, like uh, when I first got into it, and you were like, "This is good to me," and we worked together, and and, and you helped me a lot. Um, and uh, you know, we were we were talking about uh, about Jason Ellis doing comedy. We yeah. love that. Yeah. Ti. Yeah, he just worked with me. Yeah, Ti. Though, so sometimes it's it's the personality though. Anyone could jump into comedy. I'm not like I've lost the bitterness of what that would cause me. You know what I mean? Right. I still have my bitternesses, but that is definitely not one of them. I'm like, because whatever gets you in the like, my reason for getting into comedy is no more noble than somebody else. You know what I mean? Like anyone gets into it for whatever reason. I just did it like younger. That's what it ends up being. You're kind of like, well, I've been in it. but it's like they did something else with their life first. Right. And have you ever done comedy point. with? Have you ever done comedy with Jeremy Piven? No. No, I haven't. Because I've heard positive things about his comedy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know his comedy at all. I mean, he's made me... I've left him in movies and stuff. I didn't watch Entourage, but like Judgment Night, dude. He was great. He was the best character in Judgment Night. Remember okay. that movie? I do not. I don't give a fuck about movies. Come on, dude. Judgment Night? That was... Do you like? You care about music, though? Yeah, I mean, sure, I guess. <laughs> that was the first... Uh, soundtrack for that was the first thing that combined... Like the rap rock thing, the whole album was like okay. Cypress Hill and Sonic Youth together. And did you was... ever do comedy with uh, Ron Jeremy? Oh, I've done things that he was around. He was at the Comedy Cellar once. I think Dennis Hoff brought him and a couple of his girls, 
and they kind of slid in during the show I think during Dave Attell and like I would always the comedy seller at the end of the night was always like Dave Attell then me I spent years going after Dave Attell which was a great school of comedy but I think they came in to watch Attell and Ron Jeremy has narcolepsy yeah (laughs) he has narcolepsy and he was in the room but no one in the audience really knew he was there at all and I looked over when I was on stage that I saw he was asleep. I thought it was going to be awesome that Ron Jeremy was there. But the next time I got like a big laugh, I got a punchline. I was like, everybody, that joke was so funny. It murdered Ron Jeremy. <laughs> and everyone's eyes just going. And like, first they get the laugh because they're like, oh, this guy looks like Ron Jeremy. And then the second burst of like, that's fucking Ron Jeremy sleeping during the show. Yeah, I, I hung out with him <clears throat> many times over the years. And I can absolutely concur he's got narcolepsy oh yeah isn't is he in prison right now he's in prison or he's in jail waiting for his like sentencing but he's gonna he's gonna get sentenced to like 200 and some years dude it's Jesus. so mind-boggling it's wild he looks like uh like yeah, krampus TK, he looks like evil santa this, huh? i didn't know he was in jail for something for dude crazy like rape accusations like tons of them outside of work yeah, <laughs> I think so, and I think also within work also. Do you know what he was so? He's a guy that was like so used to a world. If you th- if you throw him walk him through the room with like ten women, varying degrees of attractive, even uh, the the ugliest one might be like ew Ron Jeremy like it's such a disgusting awful thing, and the youngest hottest one might be like. I'll fucking suck Ron Jeremy's dick to have the story of fucking Ron Jeremy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, and it's, I think he lives in a world where that approaches him so. You know, if you have half the women that you approach, and you're like, or guys coming over, like, hey, my girl wants you to suck her tits. Yeah. And like, he almost moved when I saw him, at least, like, zombie-ish to just do these things he's supposed to do. Like, hey, Ron, this is my wife. And he'd be like, titty grab, pussy slap. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> Moving on. It was like, you know, like a... Secret handshake. Yeah, yeah. It was like Frank Sinatra if he was giving nut checks. <laughs> like, hey, work in the room. Like, oh, is this your girl? Hey, is that your pussy right there? Look at that. Give it a little nipple pull. Do you not know that he, like, at least in the past, performed stand-up comedy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that joke. We used to get... It's like, uh, everyone says I have a big penis, but it's actually only two inches. Two inches from the flua. He really has, like, that old, like, a... Uh, Catskills <laughs> Jewish <laughs> Jewish routine from the flua. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, I remember I, I was like, yeah, I'm bummed about the, about the, all that stuff because I always liked Ron Jeremy, and um, he was just putting a, his whole character, even in porn, became like a guy. Like I, I saw there was one I saw. I don't know why I like these two, but it was like. He like comes into. The, I mean, it's all staged, but I mean, like he comes into the room where they're these guys are making this porn with like a new girl or something, and like it's like, almost like he's like, like checking for a show horse. He's like, 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 like let me check her teeth, and almost like, but instead <laughs> of that, it's just kind of like, oh, it's nice, right? Like jams a finger in her, and then he like squeezes the base of his old dead wiener and just like stuffs that tube of toothpaste in her, and you can see her being like, yeah, I guess, like I guess we're doing porn. It is the thing. What uh? What other <coughs> celebrities got into comedy? So Ti is the newest, funniest yeah. one for me because you just you can't bring gangster like rap personality to to 
comedy. It doesn't work. It's got to all be like funny. And you see the video of him with the girl. I, I remember seeing something on TMZ about it, but I don't remember that there was a. I don't remember why. There was a girl video. said something about like uh, a legal case he has or something. And he just, instead of, like, laughing it off and moving on, she was making a joke. Like, he gets, like, mad, and he takes the, snags the microphone from her, and he, like, sits on the stage and makes it very, very weird and uncomfortable. And it's just, like, you got to be able to handle it. What's this that I saw? I saw some clip of James Corden, like, berating the guy from Star Trek. (laughs) Just randomly? (laughs) Which guy from Star Trek? No, no, it was... um, Oh my Takai? god! Uh, the Patrick uh, Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Really? And he, they were up at a podium at some like award show or something, and he's just berating him. James Corden. Like heckling him, he? or is he like yeah. mad at him? He was mad. He, he was mad. Like yeah, James Corden. I, I, I stumbled along. A, uh, Will Smith set the bar for mad at an award show. Yeah. <laughs> got to come. You got to bring a flamethrower yep. next time. To that party <laughs> that was wild yeah. i like i keep getting clickbaited every day that they're like uh like chris rock finally speaks out about a situation and every time it's a article from the show the night before he goes he came out and said i'm all right i'm all right i'm not going to talk about the slap and then moves on <laughs> like every article said but they go he finally addresses it but his addressing is always like hey it happened and that's all and yeah. he moves on right. from it completely i uh How'd you feel? You know, I'd love to hear your opinion on what you felt when that happened. Now, whatever I say to Big J in response to this, let's be honest. The whole world realized that when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, that we all knew Chris Rock was about to make a whole bunch of money off of it. Right? I mean, I just hope the guy's got his website in order with his merch store to be selling online like anybody in their right mind would be doing in this day and age. I do it. I do really pretty well with it. And the secret to my operation is ShipStation. What is it? It's a very simple interface which takes care of all of your shipping needs to fulfill your orders when you're selling online it takes every different way of shipping like ups fedex like dhl like whatever it is brings it all into one interface no matter how you're selling online if it's amazon etsy your own website brings it all into one easy interface. This is how I sell everything. It's the easiest way. And they hook you up with the best rates going. Rates that are normally saved for Fortune 500 companies. It's like the easiest, it's the cheapest, and if you're not doing it, you're out of your mind because wake up. This is how to make money in today's world. So to get a 60-day free trial with ShipStation, you're going to go to ShipStation.com and click the microphone at the top of the page, type in the promo code Stevo, and you're off to the races with 60 days of free, hassle-free, totally easy, totally cheap shipping and i mean dude just if you're not already doing it start and if you are already doing it do it more and chris rock that means you too so one more time shipstation.com hit the microphone at the top of the page type in the promo code stevo and you're off to the races now let's talk about slaps i mean 
I uh, I don't know that my reaction was any different than anybody else's. Um, like, whoa, insane. You know, like, was that even real? And then he's yelling from his seat. Then you realize it was real. real. But then <clears throat> you see a replay of it, and the way he kind of smiles and smirks as he turns away and yeah. walks away from having just slapped. Like that <clears throat> smirky smile after the like immediately after the slap. Yeah. Straight took me back to oh it was fake. Yeah, I don't know. Staged. I think I think he was smiling because he was like, all right, <clears throat> this bald bitch is probably not going to give me any more shit tonight now from whatever thing because yeah. they've had to eat. I mean, he was eating it all night for her fucking other people oh mostly or that other guy. Honest. Oh, they were this. They're making jokes on him. Yeah, they're making jokes about that situation. Yeah, and. uh and then I think he was just, you know, I said I feel bad a bit for Will Smith in the situation. Not, not in the, he, what he did was fucked up totally and like against anything I believe, especially with comedy. Oh, yeah. dude, that makes me think of what I really wanted to. Or have you ever had somebody? Uh, oh, the Royers for PA, getting yanked off stage. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what happened when everyone was like Chris Rock. Can you imagine oh getting slapped on stage? I got yanked off a That's eight foot right. stage, ten foot high stage by my ankles or eight foot stage. I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah. you got hurt. No, thank God. I was able to, like, turn. I was just yanking me. I was able to get my second foot, like, down. He pulled me off a stool. And uh, and I was able to get the second foot down. It like, looked get, crazy get towards violent. Him. It was nuts. And then Lewis came behind me and, like, jumped off stage. Dragging you, know? you off stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was sitting on a stool. Yeah, and, like, he, it wasn't, he, he, like, he, like, he, like, pulled me off a stool. Like, I was flat. And I was able to get my second foot down to, like, Jeez. lunge towards him. And then Lewis jumped off and, like, that got the shit kicked out of him. Which was great. <laughs> oh, Lewis got the shit kicked out of him for you, or what? No, oh, no, 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 the guy oh, that oh, was no, doing me that. And Lu- me and Lewis were working on him, and then the fans all pulled us off, and they were like, "Don't get in trouble. We got it." That's <laughs> like awesome. these guys rule. Wow. And there was like a whole thing, but that was a uh, wow. Yeah, and I don't think Will Smith's any like more correct than that person. You know what I mean? Like right. that guy was, but at the same time, I think Will Smith's just like whatever. What a weird year, man. That thing with that. He had to go sit down and talk to her on a thing. It's yeah. Like, Can we talk about anything in private? Oh, right. Like, at all? The red table talk. Yeah. Ugh. And by the way, I'm all for, like, uh, laying out the dirty life. Especially you're broadcasting, man. You got to give it all and tell them, like, the shittiest stuff and your most humiliating stuff. You don't have to, but, like, I've always... I come from the stern school of, like, broadcasting with that. Like, lay it all out there. But, like... Yeah, like process at first. I mean, he looks shell shocked and everything she drags him on to do, Will Smith. And yeah. it's like, all right, we're going to talk about me fucking that other guy. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he just has to sit there and kind of like, she goes, and it was good and I loved it. It felt so good. And he's like, mm hmm. All right, I guess. Wow. I got to watch through. that. Ugh, it's, it's sad. <clears throat> that she intimidates people. The funniest thing on that red table talk, I've only seen the clips of, other, of the big things, but it was Snoop Dogg. She gets guys so rattled, those three, the daughter, the her, and her mother at that table. Snoop Dogg, you got to watch this clip. It's him. Uh, he's been brought to the table to talk about his use of the word bitch and stuff and, and degrading women in his music. And, I mean, he's dressed like he had to go to, like, court. I mean, he's wearing, like, a turtleneck. He's sitting with his hands, like, very proper. And he is just sandbagging Tupac. And throwing off guard because, like, you know, she's like, and you know, Snoop with the 
with the calling people bitches and all this stuff. And he goes, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like Tupac. We used to talk about that all the time. Where at one point I was like, I don't feel like I should say bitch anymore. <laughs> And then, uh, but Tupac was like, you know, nah. And then she was like, yeah, I used to tell Tupac all the time. Like, why do you got to use that word all the time? And then Snoop Dogg goes, he goes, yeah, I know. It's like he'd have those beautiful songs like Dear Mama. And then the next song, he's right back to it. Snoop Dogg's like saying this, like, what? But everyone just wants to get it over with with her. I feel like there's like, all right, let's just Intimidating. Yeah, she is intimidating. Yeah. It seems like a real bummer. Really, G.I. Um, Jane being the thing. I, I always hate that, too. Sebastian Bach walked off <coughs> one of my podcasts once. Zoom. So I guess he turned his camera off is what he did. Uh-huh. He actually couldn't figure out how to do it at first, which is pretty funny. <laughs> pretty funny. But it was so ridiculous. Like, what he got upset for? And and uh, he walked off. I made a gay joke about uh, Rob Halford. You know, Robert, uh, sure, of a Jewish priest, and uh, it wasn't even—it was again like a throwaway thing. I said it was in the moment. It was just like we we're getting the bullshit with Sebastian Bach, and he was like the only performer that doesn't need to do warm-ups. He tells me, and still has such an amazing voice, is is the great Rob Halford. And I was like, well, maybe it's just like gay secrets. He doesn't want to tell you, like he gargles jizz or something. <laughs> and he was like, "Yo, man, you could take that shit somewhere else." And but and he just, was, I was like, oh, "I mean, I was just kidding, you know, whatever." And he's like, "Fuck that!" And then he turned his camera off, but he was still connected. And then so we all know what just happened. Which we all know what he's trying to do, but everyone's crazy. All of us just going like, "Sebastian, Sebastian, <laughs> Sebastian, <laughs> Sebastian, <support>. Sebastian." <laughs> and then after a while, he goes, "I hear you loud and clear, <laughs> man." And then he just eventually figured out how to turn it off and went away. And then so Rob Halford came on the show three weeks later. And I told him this story, and he was like, he was awesome. He just laughed, said it was funny, yeah. like he didn't care. And uh, but it's the same thing. Like and then all these because it's like you know uh, Sebastian Bach, Metal Injection, and all these like uh, heavy metal websites started picking it up about how he like ran and everything from like he ran. And it's just like they kept printing the thing, and you're like, can you please? Stop tying my name to this dumb fucking... It's like it became this big deal over something. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this joke. Like, if I can go back in time, I just wouldn't have said that joke. I don't, it didn't mean anything to me. It was just like a throwaway thing to say. And I think it's the same with Chris Rock. Everything's going to be like the infamous G.I. Jane. Just like, he just went, bald-head woman, G.I. Yeah. Jane, basically. And it's like, that's going to live forever. It's like <clears throat> the joke that pissed off Will Smith. Somebody goes, it's yeah. just a bad throwaway line he had for the Oscars to not curse and whatever he had to get through, you know? Yeah. So bizarre. Yeah. What was the thing you were gonna? You said I, I was um, curious because you're a New York comic, mm-hmm. and then like in, in L.A., I felt like uh, there was almost a divide between New York comedy and L.A. comedy, like around all the Me Too stuff, because like oh, it's why that's why I figured it out it's not the divide. Somehow, very naturally, everybody over here on the East Coast gets called a racist, and everyone on the West Coast is a rapist. As we go, we go, you got your rapist to the left, rapist <laughs> to the right. It's, uh, well, I don't know why it's, it is, but it really has fallen down. Everybody over here that is, is in trouble for racist jokes, and everybody out uh, there is, yeah. like, is like stuff with girls. I just, yeah, I just noticed that, like, pr- pretty, you know, validly, accurately, mm-hmm. the, the New York comics observed that each 
L.A. comic that got in trouble in the Me Too thing. Like, every other L.A. comic just turned their back on them. Like, just that that person means nothing to me. Like, you know, like, people just jump ship. Drop from shows and clubs stop working with them and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like New York. We've had that in New York. It's definitely been like uh, if Ari Shafir. You know, he had the right. Kobe thing that, like... That the Kobe was... thing, I didn't think, was... Uh, what bothered me more with the Ari Shafir was the the Burt Kreischer, the drugging Burt Kreischer. He drugged me, too. Oh, did he? Same thing, with acid. <laughs> I've never taken acid before in my life. Oh, my God, he made you take acid without knowing in it? In fairness to him, where he might not have known what was going on, other people on our podcast had the plan to do that to him, where me and uh, one of my other partners dave smith on that show had already said very firmly like, i don't want to get in the world of that of like dosing people and stuff i don't want to play that game and in fairness to uh what, what happened was if you're going to do it to anybody though it should be ari ari's the guy you should do it. like ari would do it to somebody else so you can do it to ari and he ari's not gonna get mad he's not gonna get upset by it but Ari, i didn't know it was happening ari was tipped off that it was happening so when they put the beer in front of him that was dose, he knew it was there. I have no idea still, but he doesn't know that. He thinks that the podcast is planning to dose him. You know what I mean? So he just, I'm the closest person to him. He just switched his beer with my beer. I drank oh, it, not so. thinking a thing about it. And then when it was, what's funny was a lot of people at the table didn't know that. So when it got back to me, Ari, someone says to me, he goes, yeah, they dosed Ari. And I'm looking at Ari, and Ari is in outer space. I mean, he's looking all over the place crazy and, like, licking his lips. And then I'm upset because I'm like, oh, man, no, 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 Like, what are we doing, guys? I don't want to do this. And then Ari's like, do what? And then they told him, like, you know, I do, uh, you know, they dosed you. You're on acid right now. And he was like, oh, my God, am I? He's like, or did I know it was going to happen and switch it with Big J's drink? And then me going, ha, <laughs> wait. <laughs> like, no, did you really? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, no. And then I was just bummed for 26 hours awake. <laughs> That's how the rest of that went. I just sat up. That's when everyone's like, well, did you at least enjoy it for a little bit and sink into it? I was like, no. For 26 hours, I sat on my couch and was like, why would my friends do that to me? I wouldn't do that to my friends. I mean, what are friends anyway? <laughs> LSD feels like a much more aggressive dose than Molly. <laughs> um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it honestly didn't hit me too too bad actually. Straight ah, I just feel like I was like stoned almost. It didn't I also I'm bad like drugs. I don't I mean I smoke weed every day in fairness, but like uh like any hard drugs I've taken, which would be the, basically Molly mushrooms things like that. I just never like sunk in uh, DMT didn't work for me. We tried DMT and it didn't work. Did DMT come along like recently or? I guess in the last like several years, but like uh, it, everybody else that did it there, same stuff was like, my chick did not enjoy it at all, but like she was like gone for 15 minutes, you know, whatever it is, 10 minutes. <clears throat> I took so much of it. It was pretty funny actually because I went last. Everybody else went already, so we'd do a thing where we'd, we'd go to my bed and put him in my bed and. They would take their pulls until they went down. <laughs> and then they'd almost get like, uh, like, hey, it's like, see you on the other side. Enjoy the journey. It was a very positive thing everyone was doing. Like, And we'd leave the room, and 
they'd go through it or whatever, and 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, they'd come out, and they'd be like, whoa, that was wild. And then I was like, then my girlfriend went, and she went in there. She came out of the bedroom after, like, four minutes, uh, and she was sat down on the bed and she on the couch, and everyone's looking at her like, are you on it right now? And she's like, I don't like this. I don't like this. She's like, every time I open my eyes, I see the same thing as when they're closed, and there's no, <coughs> and I'm just... I don't like this at all, and she was getting upset, and I was like, her face, I almost didn't do it because I went, all right, I go, well, it's all right, you're here, you're here, you're fine, just no, it's like, it's only been like five minutes, and her face looked at me like, it hasn't been a lifetime and a half, so, <laughs> like, she, whatever it was, it felt like she was already in it for a while, and then I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do it, but then she popped out of it, and as to, even though she, to this day, say she hated it. She didn't want me to not do it because of her. She wanted me to, like, go through whatever she went through, too. So she was like, when she came back, she was like, no, I'm fine. No, it was good. No, you should do it. It was good. And I'm like, you said the time. It was really bad. She's like, no, it was fine. You should try it. So I went and took the same amount everybody else did and laid back. And they did the, uh, like, you know, it goes, all right, Major Tom, we'll see you when you come back to Earth. You know, they're giving me all that stuff. And I'm like... Okay, you know, I take it, and they leave the room, and I'm sitting there waiting for it to happen, and uh, and I just hear kind of like snickering and laughing, and I look over the door, and I just see like f the fingers of like them like coming to look peeking on me going through it or whatever, and I was like looking at them like nothing, and then I did double the amount, I did like a, a whole other like seven poles or whatever this thing, and like I was like, it's just not working at all. I was offered ketamine. I heard your thing. You said ketamine. I got offered ketamine recently. But I'm also, again, at 44, by trying new drugs, I couldn't imagine, Yeah. like, wanting to do that. Like, you know what I mean? It's sort of acid. It was like, oh, you should try it at least. I'm like, I'm fine, I think. Like, if yeah. I ever... It's not a hobby. You can't... But I do uh, also, I think, with, even when I've done Molly, over the quarantine, we did Molly a few times. And I will say, like, even with mushrooms I've done, I'm never where everybody else is. Uh -huh. Like, I'm never... Everybody else is, like, you know, wrapped in a blanket or smiling or sweating or... Do, the only thing I get mixed up is, like, uh, I will talk someone's ear off. You know, like I'll tell you... I'll tell three people at the party my life story. But, like, besides that, I don't have, like, the... I've been on mushrooms, and like, my phone rings, and I answer it, and people are like, how the fuck are you And I'm like, I don't know. It's not like... Yeah. I don't, but I think you have to submit to them to some degree also. Like, you have to want them. Maybe. I, you got a daughter, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, 19 now. Wow. It's bizarre. I remember, uh, like, when we started doing comedy, you had, like, a bit about her, and she had, like, holes in her underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that from? <laughs> it was, uh, I did, on, I did it on, I don't know if I ever got it on a special or anything, but it was, uh, yeah, she cut, she cut holes in her, she had shit stains in her underwear, I guess, or, you know, like, streaks, because <laughs> she was a child. And uh, she was embarrassed, so she cut the holes out. She was embarrassed of shitty panties, but not for walking around in crotchless underwear in front of her family. <laughs> Gotta let it breathe, Pop. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. You don't want kids at all, huh? God, no. No? The whole Fuck idea no. sucks? I mean, everything about it sucks, dude. I did it young. Pretty young. I was 23. You mean you did it by accident? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How much of the population do you think would uh, not exist if if you could only achieve pregnancy on purpose? Oh, man. 
it would be thinned out a lot for sure <laughs> yeah this was definitely like it was definitely like a she's like i'm pregnant and i was like whatever you want to do i'll back it up like you know let's go and uh and we did it so yeah i was 23 so she's 19 now so it, it is like i'm surprised when i have friends who are like uh you know have babies that are like 37 38 years old i know it's not old at all but like i couldn't imagine any other way like what's great about it now is that she's 19 so it's right. like she can come hang at this point you know what yeah I, mean? I feel like i already got out of the woods i'm i'm almost 48 yeah yeah so it's like so it's now, like, like dude, you don't, don't want to be a 65 year old right dad to like a teenager it's just too much no right and it's it's like whatever was great about it you know like i already made it through yeah yeah, yeah you got through this but the thing is I mean, you power through those great times. <laughs> yeah. I just feel it like this. Our parents, you know, for you and I are the same generation. Our parents, like, graduating from university meant, like, uh, placement in a career of their choosing. Mm -hmm. And then for our generation, eh, not so much. Like, very helpful to get a university diploma, but it didn't really guarantee anything, you no. know? And then for our kids, it's like, all right, that means absolutely nothing except just crippling debt. Oh, yeah. My daughter, she said she's going to go back now, but she did the year of online college and then came back with like the, I don't think I want to go to college like right now. I don't even know what I want to do or anything. And I was like, sweet, I'll stop paying for it. <laughs> like if, that's, if you're not sure what you want to do. Right. But I like that now she's even earlier than I thought. She's saying she wants to go back, which is great if that's what she wants to do also. But yeah, I like... I mean, just the opportunity. Like my parents it? were so bummed I didn't go to college. My daughter's mother is very bummed that she stopped going to college. But I'm like, just want to do something. That's all I care about. Right. She likes to write and draw, and she does all that right. stuff. She's like more of a creative. So I'm like, do your thing as long as you like support. You know, she doesn't ask for a ton of money. I don't like support her heavy or anything. I mean, I would, <coughs> I would, but like she doesn't need me to. You know, so like she's figuring it out. Right. I just think that like the. The disparity of wealth in the world today is just so, just it's not it's not cool anymore, man. Like, no. Do you also worry about like, passing? I know some people don't don't want to have kids. They worry about passing on like bad the bad stuff. Sure, my genetic Addictive DNA. Yeah, my my like DNA. That. It's like uh, what my dad said. Family that, sicknesses, things like that. Right. My dad said that as far as like alcoholism and shit, addiction, mm -hmm. that. Uh, it's like playing a Russian roulette with a completely loaded gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. It's was your dad an alcoholic? Nah, but on my mom's side of the family, everybody yeah. was. Yeah, I just don't like... Plus, I'm like, a, you know, the, I, the the world... There's enough people in the world that, it, you know, go ahead and help someone who's already here. Don't create like adoption a new... Stuff, yeah. yeah. I, I would never want it on my conscience that I created a person to struggle and Another fucking society's suffer. burden. Yeah, I don't know. And, and I want to fucking be a kid, you know? Fuck it. No, and you also, you want to be able to pick up and do whatever. I said, like, that's... I see that with my friends now. They're like, like, touring's a much more difficult thing, or they don't want to do it as much for right. anything. And it's nice to be able, like, so I don't have to, like, be home to make sure... Also, where it's going to dictate where you have to live, too, you know? That's a big thing, too. A lot of times... Uh, with my daughter when she was young, we had to find places that like made sense for a kid to be. You know, we couldn't be like in a ramshackle, yeah, shithole in the city because it's great location in the city. It was like we had to live further out for that reason. 
Yeah. <clears throat> I think yeah. I stifled my career. Actually, it's funny. My daughter, I've told her this. I don't think it's a bad thing. Is whatever the, whatever the way it happened, it happened, and that's. I'm happy. You know what I mean? So, like, it's. I'm fine with however it went, but I mean, for sure, like, when all my friends were younger, it's funny, they didn't get it then, and now I have a hard time getting it now, where I'm like, you know, I'm in my 40s, and these guys are close to 40, and I'm like, hey, let's do this kind of on a whim thing, and they're like, dude, I got a, the kid over tonight to stay in my place, or, you know, we're doing a family thing, I'm like, ah, I'm already done that shit, but I remember, you know, early comedy, kind of, the the path everyone was pushing was like, oh, you do New York and get good at the clubs, and you have to go out to L.A. and just be out there, like, make three, four trips a year and just kind of get into the clubs out there. And I never did that. I never went to L.A. because it was just like, that's a spending money trip. And I'm like, I can only travel when I was making my, you know, wasn't doing yeah. that well. And it was because having a kid. You, you couldn't be as broke as everybody else at the time when you're in comedy starting out. It's supposed to be the brokest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, figuring yeah. that out, so... That was tough, but a lot I of remember, stories. I, I remember at least ten years ago, you said something that was so fucking funny at that at that. Uh, Carolines. Not the Carolines at the vegan restaurant. <laughs> oh yeah. And they were like the the waiters was like, like oh we we have gluten free and 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 you were genuinely confused. You were like, you said like. What, what is what's going on? What is it with this gluten shit? Five years ago, nobody ever heard of it. Now it's killing everybody. Yeah, it's killing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest fucking thing. It was so true too. I still don't fully understand what gluten is. It's like wheat or something. I don't know. People can't eat um, pizza. I know so that. we got Skank Fest coming up in October. Yeah, yeah. Very I, 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 I don't know why uh, we're not supposed to announce that I'm doing it, but. Uh, <laughs> I do believe, yeah, you are confirmed for it. Uh, I'm confirmed for it, but not for promotion. I mean, whatever that even means. But, damn, I'm fucking stoked, dude. It's going to be amazing. Skankfest has been growing every year. It came out. We did our first year. It was like a 300-person event at a, at a small off club, the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, Queens. And then it went to the Brooklyn Bazaar. And we started to get, that's again, like I said before, like sometimes the negative press as much as it is like it builds like a positive thing in like the right people that it matters for and like we had uh doing it in new york for the first couple years the access we have i mean gilbert godfrey's done it pretty much every year uh he was supposed to do this next one david tell always comes through for you know what i mean so like these uh and then shortly about a year or so after louis had all his problems louis ck had all his problems like he was hanging out at Skankfest and he went on and it was such a cool moment to watch his face it was really neat to see him feel like oh man like everyone's okay not everyone thinks I'm a piece of shit and hates my guy you know what I mean like they were so inviting them and I think of- universally the whole world thinks that he got way that his punishment did not fit the crime the problem is the whole world isn't as vocal as like a bunch uh, or excuse me a bunch like whatever handfuls even there are of women who are, I mean, the stuff after that, I couldn't imagine. Here's the thing. I wouldn't be... My own fat guy insecurity has stopped me from ever thinking I'd have any worry of being me too Like, I have much more of a thing of, like, a girl... I have more stories of a girl leaving my room. Do you know what I mean? Because I was just, like, played her all the YouTube clips I could play her, <laughs> laughing, and, and then I was like, all right, well, we'll get you out of here. And then being, like, you know, getting a message later on MySpace or whatever it was back then, like... 
hey dude like what the fuck like were you did you not want to fuck or something i was like oh did you want to fuck like you should have made that much more obvious because <laughs> i'm terrified to go like so uh and then you go right. what are you doing and i go nothing so I can't relate to Louis thing necessarily. Right. Do However, I remember he... correctly that he had the the, the the common decency to ask like Yeah, can I jerk like, off in front can, of you? Can I jerk off like And then he'd say like, Yeah, sure. And then he would. And then they were like, That's fucked up. And it's the power dynamic. Uh, right, thing. right, 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 That's right. That's the whole thing of the power dynamic, but it's like I've had like uh, uh, young comics in my career, like open mic even level comics like wing pussy because and maybe it's because they want to like get to know me maybe it's positional or whatever I don't know do you know what I mean but I've never like I almost think the positional thing was like there more like if I fuck it, me and my girlfriend got an offer the other day I had to explain to this girl gorgeous she was like ah oh, Skankfest Skankfest sold out in minutes by the way like 3,000 tickets plus and we were like uh, she was like oh I, I missed out on getting Skankfest tickets I would totally fuck you and Christine me and my girlfriend for uh for Skankfest tickets, and I'm like, we would love to fuck you, but there's no way I could, like, I don't have the ego, whatever it is you need, more or less, I don't even know, to have to fuck somebody for a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just never had that. Some people do. I, think uh, I thought you were going to say something totally different. What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say that, like, uh, you know, to have sex outside of my committed relationship, you know, to have No, like that's fine. Oh, that's, that's fine. fine. No, but it was, this girl was saying this girl was saying for the both of us anyway. She was saying right. to fuck me and Christine. Yeah, like I, I don't, I, I don't know that the that the threesome thing is ever a good idea. No, I think it's a pretty bad idea. We haven't had terrible. Oh, you've had like runs with it. Oh yeah, no, we've been doing this for uh, we've done it for years now. Oh, so you do cool swinger swinger stuff. Not swinger. We don't have like a couple of just like girl. Like she likes girls like legitimately. Right. So like. She but again, we, that said though there's has been like I said experiments I was like fucking lucky it's like it does come with its own set of problems you're right it does you're not wrong in that like there's right. gonna be an argument sometime uh, not this person uh, again because I don't know got a little here or there you know what I mean there's been like right. fuck ups along the way for sure but for the most part it's been uh, it's been great so the girl the offer wasn't crazy that she made right to me the offer that was crazy was to go like I uh, you know, it, it takes me almost back when I did the tours with the bands. You you, you interviewed Jonathan Davis with Corn. Yeah. Days. When we were on the Mayhem Fest uh, one year, this girl, gorgeous, Atlanta. I remember she and she was with a guy who I was just certain was her boyfriend. I was like, yeah, this is definitely her boyfriend. And he told me so quick that he wasn't her boyfriend. He's like, oh no, we're just friends, man. He's like, and because she was kind of giving me like, uh, I'll fuck if you want to like take us backstage. And I, she was so hot that I was like blinded by that for a second. I was like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Yeah, I'd fuck you to go backstage." And he was like, "If you will, dude." <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. "This guy." And I'm like, "Um," I'm like, "Yeah, well, I guess come backstage." So we start walking, and when we got to the fence to go, the actual thing to go backstage, we got there. I stopped, and uh, I was like, "Um." I'm gonna bring you guys backstage, but like you don't have to fuck me to come backstage. I was like, I just, oh. in that moment, it just felt I was like, because well, for one, what are they fucking you for? Also, it should be, it should hold a value of something that, like, in my mind, she's like selling out and just going like, I'll let this gross guy fuck me. I don't know it's what she was. She wasn't thinking that because we ended up fucking later that night, like, well after she was backstage and doing everything. But like, I get the thing right away. I'm like, oh, like you're like I was like I'm this 
hill you got to climb to get the thing you right. want. And once I feel that way, so I was like, yeah, I'd rather. And also, when you climb that hill, I'd very likely, if, if the prize on the other end was fantastic, you'd be like, well, she's never going to really even show a face of like, this was awful because she got this thing she wanted. And I was just like, backstage at a concert, spoiler alert, it's really not that awesome. It's you've been on big tours. It's catering. It's you know I don't even you know. So it's food. She's not fucking you for a cheese platter. Showers. It's like the buses, but most of the bands right. are just on there. But there's really not anything happening backstage. It's not like they're gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe I got to see that. Right. So I'm like, oh, you're gonna fuck me, and then be like, I fuck that fat guy to watch Rom Zombie's drum tech build a drum kit for a half hour. Like, fuck <laughs> this thing. Ah. So I have like yeah I've like yeah I was never worried about uh. Any of the meters. I was surprised how like, it ran through L.A. Those stories, right. but I think it's also a world. In fairness to those guys, I don't I don't know the truth or not truth about anybody's thing, but like I think what ran those guys. I mean, the comedy. There's nothing in New York that has the equivalent to like. You know, people would say all the stuff of like, uh, uh, oh, the porn stars every night. I mean, from back in the '80s when it was like, you know, we interviewed Ginger Lynn and. Uh, Christy Canyon not long ago, classic porn stars, and they were like, oh, in the days hanging out, you go to the comedy store, and then you go over here, and like, that world just does exist there, so do you know what I mean? It's like a hungrier, like a, a, a hungrier town of like chicks f trying to fuck people who are important and stuff, so I think the, you know, these, these get clouded by it, you just get nailed with it all the time, it probably gets like uh, overwhelming, yeah, you fuck up a lot, I guess. Man. I've never been that good. If a hot chick's want to fuck me, I really like. I'm like, what's the angle? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think you're attractive and really funny. Or you're my favorite comic or something. And you're like, yeah, but like, you know what I look like under this? <laughs> Dude, it's epic. Um, when you got dates coming up? Yeah, I'm all over the place. Uh, this weekend coming up, I'll be in L.A. for Netflix is a joke festival. Both shows are sold out though. I think we're doing the I'm headlining the Improv one night. Hollywood Improv? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Friday night, and then Sunday night at the Improv also, I'm doing my storytelling show, The Worst, which I'd love for you to do sometime. We're at a festival together. Cool, man. Um, and then after that, Edmonton, Canada, comic strip. Yep. And, uh, which now they put you up. You know that club. You've done that club a bunch, I think. Edmonton. I, I, the, the, the comic strip, and that's in the, the Edmonton West, Mall yeah, with West the, Edmonton the Mall. water park in it. Yeah, but this is the first time. It's always been a condo club where you stay at a condo. But now they've, I don't know if they got rid of the condo, but now it's... I was always in a hotel there, but it's connected to the mall. And it's themed rooms. Right. Yeah, yeah I've never done it before. I'm excited yeah. to go stay in like, you know, uh, like a pyramids or something, <laughs> whatever the, the thing is. So yeah, Edmonton, Phoenix, I'm, I'm on the road every weekend, bigjcomedy.com. Yeah, bigjcomedy.com. Phoenix, you're at Stand Up Live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big I love room. that place too, yeah, yeah. That was a great place too during COVID too. They got, yeah. over, they got over on people there because... It's like a 400-seat room, and they were doing half capacity, but they count as capacity of copper because they have the whole place. Right. So they were able to put all 400 people in. Every time I got on stage, I was like, this can't be legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking gnarly COVID. Um, so so y'all are doing bigjcomedy.com. Yes, sir. Big J comedy, and uh, what, what about like social media and shit? Uh, at Big J Okerson on pretty much everything, and then yeah, listen, check out Legion of Skanks, listen to the Bonfire on Faction Talk 103. Good Hell man, yeah, man, this was exciting. This is a kick, man. Yeah, I mean it's a piece of shit RV. We're hanging out on it. I love it. 
I, the it's tour sad. bus touring is the dream, man. I say so I only did. I've only done it with. I've made friends on every tour I've ever done on a tour bus, but like for the most part, I've only done it with like the production crew and stuff like that. But the idea of like having like three or four of your buddies, yeah, on a thing is just it's the best. You wake up and you're there. You're a dude. That that's a. I I really believe that fucking anybody who's talking about they're on the comedy club circuit because they love doing comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, because uh, like, it's, it's rough, too, with the airports and the hotels and the fucking... It's, you, you love, yes, it's awful. So you get paid, you don't get paid for, like, the the show. Right. The show's fun. You get paid for, like, being at a layover at 5.30 in the morning in Minneapolis with like right. 45 minutes. That's the stuff that's... Right. It's such a weird job to complain about. But it's pretty. It's a lot. It, dude, it's no life to live. <laughs> it's, 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 the comedy club grind is really fucking gnarly life. And then, it, and then like then the touring, the tour, the yeah. tour bus. It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, well it's like a solace though in that regard. Without the, without the flying, that does it ruins the flight, everything. Yeah. Well, at least you don't have to wear the fucking stupid mask on the plane anymore. Not yet. Not yet again. Right, dude. So, I kept sucking all that shit too. I was like, when they take the mask off in the airport, like. Uh, that's probably why I haven't gotten sick for a long time. I'm not gonna wear. I'm gonna keep wearing the mask. And they were like, "You don't have to wear it." I'm like, "I'm taking this dumb thing off." <laughs> this thing yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah, it did. And I was like, "Still in the airplane," but no, not there either. But gee, you're you're, you're on your way up and fucking tour I hope bus. So, man. You know, we'll get there. Hell yeah. You're, 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 you're we'll park be... our tour buses next to each other. Dude, I love it, man. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love you so much, man. I love Thank you, too, you, man. Yeah, Thank you so and, much. and driving to New Jersey to come here and play, you know, dad like man. uh a, a, a true friend and I, and I owe you one man no if not I, at all man if there's anything I you, uh, if I can you know if you want to get me on anything just let me know I will do yeah yeah we'll have you on bonfire again and some uh, yeah and, and, dude we had a good just, time like, when, we're, when we're at uh, we're at a skank fest man you're, you're gonna you're gonna I, I'm so excited I think you're gonna love the vibe of it so much. I bet. It's, it's such a love festival. I'm trying to like, remember uh, what it was. We were laughing so fucking hard on the bonfire show at. See, there was something to do with like. It was like some chick that was on Instagram Live or something, and but she was on there with like a rapper or something. I know exactly what happened. That girl came to my show in Huntsville, Alabama. And of course, made a problem in the show, and I think got removed. Yeah, it was Lil Boosie she was talking to. Yeah. Said, hey, Boosie. And like, yeah, that's what it was. She was trying, like, she was willing to do whatever dirty stuff he wanted, but she was a real fan of his. He's like, Boosie, remember your first album when you had a guest spot on there from that one rapper? He's like, yeah, yeah, show me your butthole. <laughs> and she'd be like, uh-huh, and she would just do it. And she goes, do you think you're going to do another song with Lil Tay Tay anytime soon? He's like, suck on one of them titties for me. She goes, uh, as your rap starter, she just kept asking questions. Yeah. Dad, what a that. nitwit. I I I'll, I remember laughing so fucking hard with you, <laughs> yeah. and we got to do it again. Absolutely, man. All right, Don. Love, love you too, man. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Now, can I give some love to my man, TK? I mean, he's a, a whistler. He's, you know, like, he's my guy. Love TK, dude. And um, I think TK did a great job. So, please, everybody, I want Big J to, to feel the love. So, let's, um, please, please let 
big Jay Okerson, feel the love. And I hope you feel how much love I have for you, my wonderful, glorious street team, for sticking around to the end of the podcast. And uh, I'm like totally not kidding about how seriously, how deeply I boned Lux last night. <laughs> so yeah, I love you all. Thank you. <laughs>